If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. You know how great your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned? So fresh. And somehow, a clean house makes your head feel fresher, too. With a housekeeper from Care, you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think. Find a great housekeeper, set a schedule that works for you, and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other, more fun things. Get the housekeeping help you need at Care.com. Rollins with the heist of the century! Talk about her, kid! Make yourself famous! The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Iconic moments, unforgettable matches, memories that will last a lifetime when it comes to professional wrestling. If you are talking about it, we are talking about it. Welcome to the Wrestle Chat Podcast with the Ant Man. Here we go. Episode number one. Welcome to the Wrestle Chat Podcast. My name is the Ant Man, your host. Excited to be doing this podcast. It is been a long time in the making. First, I want to introduce you to my guest host today, my buddy, Michael Glavin. Michael, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me here today. Such an honor to be uh, part of this day for you. Excited to uh, help you get this thing rolling. I know many of you watching or listening today can identify with the excitement that you feel when you you meet another wrestling fan in the wild in the real world (laughs) that was the case with me and michael i remember uh uh, thumbing through your instagram when we first met uh, just after we first met and i saw a Mm -hmm. wrestlemania post i went oh we're gonna be friends for life now i can tell Mm -hmm. after meeting you that's right (laughs) and uh i'll tell you what uh wrestlemania weekend um is is one of the few times throughout the year that uh that i as an adult get that still that sense of wonder and joy and excitement uh for something so much bigger than than myself and and again when you when you find somebody uh it it takes me uh to step brothers when it's like did we just become best friends and uh, and so that's uh that it's so great to to have people um that identify with wrestling you know there's there's only two kinds of people in the world there's people that get it and there's people that don't and yep. and if you're in the camp that gets it it's a it's a special thing to be a part of i'll share why i started this podcast and then i want to hear why you said yes to joining me here on the show. I had a, a thought about doing this or something for a few years now, and I had planned on kicking this off last year following WrestleMania 38. I, I spent the better part of my uh, my life in the radio industry and interviewing country artists in radio, but I always had a passion 
for pro wrestling from an early age and always wanted to sit down and talk to some of my favorite wrestlers uh, like I got to with country stars, but really never had the venue. I mean, talking to John Cena between Garth Brooks and Florida Georgia line didn't really make sense. But uh, <laughs> here we are talking about something that I am passionate about. And obviously, if you're watching or listening right now, you have a passion for this, too. But here on this show, we wanted to take a little different take than you'll hear from other podcasts. And to be honest, selfishly, I hope to open up this avenue for some of my favorite pro wrestlers to stop by, too. So when I brought this up to you, Michael, what made you say, yeah, I'd love to be on it with you? Well, here, here's the thing. The, the world is not short of, of a podcast to listen to or more specifically a wrestling podcast to listen to. But so here's, the di- here's the difference. Uh, there is a shortage of good uh, podcasts and good wrestling <laughs> podcasts to listen to. And uh, knowing you like I do behind the scenes, uh, some of the ways that our professions and hobbies have uh, overlapped together, even... Uh, at just the mention of the words that you were going to do this, I knew that it was going to be uh, top notch and I would be an idiot uh, not to be a part of this just based on our friendship, um, our our mutual knowledge of the wrestling business, um, and then just the, uh, quite frankly, the the production and the technical skills to, to back up all of that. Uh, it, it was a opportunity that I just refused to miss, so... <laughs> Let's not set the bar too high for episode one. (laughs) (laughs) To the moon, man, to the moon. Just getting started. Uh, Let's kick this off first with your favorite WrestleMania of all time and why. For you, what was it? Uh, So I'm a little bit on the younger side, even though I've educated myself with quite a bit of wrestling history. You know, there's there's maybe some uh, some purist fans out there that if I'm not, you know, sub WrestleMania eight, that I'm doing something wrong, you know, but (laughs) but uh, there's two that kind of stand out for me. The the first one uh, was WrestleMania 19. Um, I remember as a kid um, in the realm of 10, 12, 13, 14 years old, whatever, in that time range. And I remember being so enthralled with uh, the Brock Lesnar-Kurt Angle match at WrestleMania 19. And, I mean, there's been obviously a lot of great WrestleMania matches. I mean, it's the showcase of the Immortals, for God's sake. But but there was something about Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle and the way they were able to bring it. I don't know if it was the mutual amateur collegiate wrestling background. I don't know if it was just uh, two guys who, you know, Brock Lesnar was still, you know, he was established but still had few miles on him, uh, you know, at that point at WrestleMania 19 and Kurt Angle, um, coming off a lot of great stuff at that time period. I think that was within the realm of, um, having, uh, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin with him too. And two guys that just, just beat the crap out of each other. And then, you know, one of the most infamous moments from that match was, uh, Brock Lesnar shooting star press and uh and the the scary event that that was and uh and so there was just something uh, about that match in particular amongst a lot of other great matches on that show that as a kid um uh, I remember even going to um uh, to uh LimeWire and downloading the match <laughs> and and watching it on my computer over and over and over again just because of just how grandeur and awesome it was and then um that one was really special for me as a kid and then WrestleMania 31 um was another great moment just because of who I spent uh that WrestleMania with just some great friends some great food and um you know you had uh the now world famous cash in from uh from Seth Rollins and yeah. um, a lot of other great matches. On uh, WrestleMania 31 had a great card that was uh, Triple H versus Sting, um, you know, which had a lot of uh, nostalgia built into that uh, match as well. And so I would say those are those are two of of my favorites. And, and at the core of both of them is just great feelings of of nostalgia and joy based on the time period in my life and the people that I got to share it with. Literally, unless you said WrestleMania from 2020. Uh, that would have been the only disappointment. I think anything else. Would have we don't. Fantastic. We don't speak about that. We don't yeah, talk that about that. Didn't even happen, did it? Yeah. <laughs> For me, the matches were great, but my 
favorite WrestleMania is because it's sentimental to me. And this is going to sound weird, but it was last year's WrestleMania. But here's why. Mm. It was my very first WrestleMania to go to live. Mm. And not only did I get to go to it and see it live, be there both days, I took my oldest daughter with me. So she and I uh, got to spend the entire weekend together, uh, just us hanging out. And she likes wrestling. She doesn't love wrestling, but we had a great time hanging out together and just having those days together and doing that was really cool. And then seeing Stone Cold return at that was was pretty cool and whoop up on Kevin Owens. So that, that was a uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, what match from the past would you say is the match to top this year at WrestleMania 39? You know, I uh, that that's a really tough question. And um, you're you're bound to ones. upset you're bound to upset a lot of people <laughs> with that answer. But um, I I literally was thinking back through the Rolodex uh, through mm-hmm. WrestleManias, and uh, don't get me wrong, every WrestleMania has something very special about it. There's never a dud WrestleMania except for that that one that we don't talk about. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I actually think, in my opinion that we are going all the way back to WrestleMania 28, uh, Taker versus Triple H2 with Shawn Michaels. And, oh, wow. and the reason I say that is because, in my opinion, I believe that is the last time where a match felt like it had the intangible stakes and consequences uh, that that seems to be missing from a lot of wrestling. So yeah, we've had title matches. Um, you know, nine out of ten of them seem to include Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar over the last decade. <laughs> but but For if you sure. if you go back to that match, you know, and that was uh, that was essentially part three because you had uh, Taker Sean, uh, and then you had Triple H uh, Taker one, and so this was this was the culmination where simultaneously you could say there was nothing on the line, but there was everything on the line. And, and so I, I, uh, I actually have a little bit of that feeling, and I'm not going to uh, jump too far ahead here, but a little bit of that feeling this year uh, with our main event that there just feels like there's something on the line, even more than a title. And, and yeah. it's beneath the surface, it's between the lines, but it's, it's pride, it's honor, it's, it's manhood, it's, it's, it's something. But uh, for me, the match to beat still is uh, WrestleMania 28 Triple H versus The Undertaker. For me, my favorite match, uh, I think, was Rock Hogan from WrestleMania 18 in, in mm. Toronto. Um, it wasn't that the match was so spectacular, but the crowd didn't do what everyone thought that they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a disruption like the crowd can be sometime. It was, I think, something that added to the match and really turned the ship on where that match may have gone. And we'll never know where it was, uh, how it would have been shaped had the crowd not turned on Rocky and went with Hogan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I hear mm-hmm. that even uh, Vince, after that match, said, fly back. And uh, was it then or was it anyway, had him fly back and get his gear, his uh, red and yellow gear because he didn't carry it with him. He just did uh, black and white. It may have been Mm -hmm. after that before Raw. I think that was it. Uh, But had him fly from Toronto all the way back to Florida to get his gear and fly all the way back (laughs) just so he could come out in the uh, in the red and yellow. Uh, And we often forget that the crowd is a part of the show, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's always important that, you know, just as much as what we see in the ring, uh, it can it can be dictated. Your feeling of that match can be dictated by the live crowd in attendance, because yep. I've watched draws where I thought, man, this is really good. Why is no one responding? Yep. <laughs> and it yep. kind of leaves a dead feeling on on the event or the match. But uh, for for manias and the raw after mania, those typically don't disappoint when it comes to a crowd, mm. but I think no, they the match not. to beat holistically, build up everything uh, for me is Rock Hogan from from 18. Uh, before we get too much further, uh, I want to uh, ask you, and we don't have to have to dissect it, but your quick thoughts on uh, CM Punk drama. I'm a big... I, I like CM Punk from a, from a wrestling yeah. standpoint. Uh, I always felt yeah. like I resonated with him. But uh, man, uh, the the two words that I would say to to sum up my quick thoughts is common denominators, 
And uh, you can only go to so many places, so many promotions, have so many relationships and constantly be pointing the finger the other direction before, uh, you know, it's it's like it's like uh, listening to Taylor Swift records. CD number one. <laughs> ah, Taylor, that boy did you so wrong. CD number two. Awful. Ah, Taylor, that boy did you so wrong. CD number three. Hey, Taylor, I think you're the problem. <laughs> you could be the problem. <laughs> so, you know, all I got to say to CM Punk is uh, common denominators. Is Tony going to say we're never, ever, ever getting back together? That's what I want to know. Yeah, that's, that, that's the question that we're waiting on. That's the question that we're waiting on. Before we move too much further, I got to take a second and say thank you to Athletic Greens for being the sponsor of our very first Wrestle Chat podcast. Getting healthy, nutritious greens in my diet has always been a challenge, and I've I feel like I've tried everything, all the shakes and every combination. I've juiced, and that's never turned out well. <laughs> always ended up feeling hungry even after I drank everything I was supposed to. And I have, uh, probably like you, an on-the-go lifestyle, and that really led to me grabbing whatever was convenient. I started taking vitamins last year, and those really worked well, but when I say it was a handful, it was literally a handful. It was about eight vitamins every day to get everything that I needed. Well, I heard about Athletic Greens before on some of my favorite podcasts. I had friends that use it, and they swear by it, but let's be honest, it's green. And I've tried to gag those shakes down before in the past, and it wasn't good. Well, I'll tell you, it is not that. Here's what it is. It's one scoop of Athletic Greens in the morning in water, uh, about 10 ounces of water. It doesn't taste like it looks, if I'm being honest. It actually tastes pretty good. It only has one gram of sugar, but all the vitamins that you need for your entire day. I feel better, my gut feels better, and it's a great way to get your morning started. They want to hook you up with the same deal that they gave me, 30-day supply of AG1, a shaker, vitamin D drops that go in the drink, a canister to store it all in, plus five free travel packs when you're on the go. Head over to wrestlechatpodcast.com slash AG1, the letters A, the letter G, and the number one. There's no commitment. You cancel any time. They even give you a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you get it and you try it and you say, Aunt, you're full of crap. This tastes awful. They're going to give you your money back, but uh, you won't. It actually tastes really good, and it's great for you, more importantly. WrestleChatPodcast.com slash AG1. Get your deal on the starter kit today. I want to explain some rules real quick. I mentioned that this podcast is a little different than maybe some of the others that you've uh, that you've listened to in the past, and we wanted to give a different spin on uh, our thoughts on on matches or events going on in the wrestling world. So here's how it works. Each match will have a time limit. The undercard has three minutes each. The semi-mains are six minutes, and they are open discussion. The main event has no time limit, and it is an open discussion as well. And what I mean by open discussion is each one of us is going to take the lead on one of the undercards and give our thoughts on that. The other person will have 30 seconds to refute or add to or whatever. I uh, also want to remind you to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, also YouTube. If you're not watching right now, we're there as well. You can follow us there. And more importantly, we want you to chime in on the Wrestle Chat Podcast because you are going to be what makes this thing work. You ready to get this started? Let's do it. Just a couple of hours from right now, we will kick off WrestleMania 39 live from LA two-day extravaganza and I don't know if anybody thought that you know this whole thing would kick off with John Cena but here we are John Cena versus Austin Theory for the US title kicking off night one what do you think Michael you know it's it's a pretty interesting uh lineup obviously there's some favor uh behind the curtain with Austin Theory uh, doesn't seem like he's super well liked by a good number of people, though, for one reason or another. And I think we've seen that play out on uh, on TV. But, you know, as I was digging in, uh, getting ready for the weekend, you know, this guy, he's still pretty green. He debuted in 2016. And so, you know, on one hand, I got to give it to him for for being, uh, you know, just a handful of years down the road in his career. And, you know, he's opening WrestleMania. And so uh, that that's a pretty fantastic place to be. I'm super happy for him. That's got to be a huge career-defining moment. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> you know, you know this this matchup is incredibly interesting. Great mic work by Cena coming into it, but from a wrestling perspective, kind of a cold uh, intro to it. 
And so uh, what I'm really hoping is that, uh, you know, uh, Cena does a good job of working with Theory, helping Theory um, showcase a lot of really great talent that he has. And um, I'm excited to see what becomes of it. I think it's going to have some pretty interesting implications uh, for what the short-term future of the U.S. title looks like. I think it would be great to see... uh, to see Cena on a weekly basis for uh, a little while. Um, I also know the importance of, of making sure that we're developing new stars and, uh, and making sure that we're putting people over. But uh, I, I think I know how it's going to go, but I'm not sure how it's going to go. So uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to see. What is your thought? How do you think it's going to end when the bell rings at the end of the match? I have to believe that based on the climate of the U.S. title that we're going to see John Cena in another U.S. championship run. I don't think it's going to be very long. Guy's busy. Um, he's getting older. You know, can't can't uh, take the bumps like he used to. But I do believe that we're going to see uh, Cena pick up the title. I think we might even see an Austin Theory, potentially a slight reboot. Um, uh, maybe working on his character a little bit. He's got all the tools. Uh, but I think we're we're just trying to figure out who he is, uh, who who is Austin Theory in WWE. I want to go back real quick to something you said uh, about the uh, um, the mic with John Cena and him and John on the mic. I thought it was odd to me to see how John buried Theory on the mic with virtually no response from Theory until a couple of weeks later in an empty arena, which I thought was just bizarre. If your goal was to light a fire, okay. I've seen him do it and do it a little different way. If your goal was to get Austin Theory over, that to me seemed like an odd way to do it. So that's just my thought. Um, It it seems like the veteran, uh, and of course this is just us on the outside looking in, it felt like... John maybe didn't want to do this match. Maybe. Yep. (laughs) And goes, well, I'm going to teach this guy. All right, let's move on to Bianca Belair versus Asuka, the Raw women's title. For me, this match doesn't have a story other than Asuka winning the Royal Rumble. And that can be the beginning of a story, I believe, but not the story. They won this match, so they have this match. They won this Rumble, so now they get a title shot. But what else is there to sink your teeth into? Asuka lacks the ability, or WWE has not allowed her to communicate well with the audience. And I think that's the biggest downfall with this character and this wrestler. When a, you know, when a potential star like, uh, let's say, Brock Lesnar, uh, back in the day when he came in, well, he didn't communicate well on the mic either. He spoke English and evidently. But what did they do? They gave him Paul Heyman. They gave him a mouthpiece, someone who could help him communicate with the audience of how vicious and how how rabid he was and how he was going to destroy his opponent. Where I, Those are elements that I think that Asuka has. I mean, she is an amazing, amazing wrestler, but there, she just does things. There's no communication when it comes there. I think there are several stars, uh, starting with Asuka, that could usher in maybe a new crop of of managers per se someone to help them communicate a storyline with an audience do you ever see the interview uh that eric bischoff had with um with a broom back at his wwf tryout yep yep sure did that's kind of how i i feel like that's what we get some with someone working with oscar mm-hmm. <laughs> yep they're literally thrown in the ring with a broom. Yep. And because it, it, she doesn't talk back, she does. She, it, it's in, it's in Japanese. We can't understand her. Although Asuka can work, and she is a star, no doubt. But if she can't speak effectively, and you're not going to give her a mouthpiece, she becomes that broom in my eyes. She is, she's someone who can deliver if you give her the right pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, man, I, I, did you watch the uh, any of the Hall of Fame last night? Did you get a chance to watch yep. that before? Yep. Uh, the uh, when uh, the great Muda came out, he was short, sweet, and uh, what he said was effective. Mm-hmm. I'm even fine if Oscar can do that, but they really don't give her a chance to talk much mm-hmm. on the mic if she can do that. If if she can't do that, 
Give her someone who can because she's a star that's going to go to waste if you don't. That's my thought. Yep. Uh, It's a shame because, uh, as you said, Asuka, she's a star, man. I mean, uh, when you go back to NXT and you see the the weight that was put into her Empress of Tomorrow or uh, whatever her name was, she is a force to be reckoned with. And it's just a shame that we don't get to see more of that ominous uh, person behind the immense talent. And so definitely agree with everything that you're saying. What I'm hoping is that we're going to get a great wrestling match uh, despite coming into it a little cold. Who do you think wins it? Um, based on everything that we've said, you know, Asuka had a very successful title run. I think Bianca yeah. uh, is going to come out on top uh, just because so everything we've Bianca. pointed out already. The champion retains. All right, moving on to this father-son drama. I'm excited about this match. You take the lead here. Let me know what your thoughts on Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. The first time ever, father versus son at a WrestleMania, or maybe ever. Yep, yep. <laughs> this is this is such a, you know, to, to a lot of casual fans, this seems like some routine undercard match. Uh, that is, is, you know, you can get up, go to the bathroom during or refill your snacks. But, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, there is so much uh, underneath this match. As you've pointed out, you know, is this the first ever, you know, father-son WrestleMania match? But Dominic Mysterio has this very unique relationship with WWE that goes all the way back to when he was a kid. I mean, this kid was on TV at a very, very young age. And so, you know, whether intentionally or accidentally I don't know if we I don't know if Vince could plan 20 years into the future but uh but you know we uh we've seen this kid in certain intervals grow up on WWE TV and and whether you want to be or not you're vested in him and, and the Mysterio family and so this has been a super fun uh a feud between father and son I don't feel like it's gotten like I don't feel like it's crossed the barrier of like, oh man, do they really hate each other? Um, it's been the perfect amount of reality and kayfabe, um, and and in certain ways it's been playful. Um, but I'm really excited for this match because not only I, I think I think what we're gonna see is the special bond between a father and a son inside the ring, and I think that passion is really going to come through and make for a really great match. Um, you know, my guess is is going to be that that Dominic will go over, which would be rightfully so. I do think he'll come out on top. Um, and I think there's going to be this really beautiful passing of the torch moment that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And, uh, and I, you know, both guys obviously wrestle super well for the amount of miles that Ray has on him. Uh, and for his age, he, he still works incredibly well. And so, um, yes. I'm really excited for these guys to do this. I think it's going to be a great match and, um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a really good time. Yeah, I think so too. This one is special for many reasons for me as well. Uh, one for me is that Ray gets to work with his son on the biggest stage the same week that he goes into the hall of fame as well awesome and uh i think that's so cool and you talk about how them uh, the reality and kayfabe of it all too last night when ray started uh his speech for the hall of fame mm-hmm. you see dominic and um and those guys stand up and leave yep and the whole place booze, but I think for a couple of reasons why it was important. One, it kept a storyline going. Why would you sit there while your father gave a speech and not something happen if there's all this animosity? But two, you got to know that Dominic in real life got emotional when his dad was speaking. Yep. And he, that can't be on camera. Right. <laughs> At least to the cameras in the moment. Maybe the ones that are for the documentary later, but, uh, but definitely not during the moment. All right, uh, moving on to... Hell in a Cell. Edge versus Finn Balor. This is the first Hell in a Cell we've had in a while at a WrestleMania. I think the last one was, was it Shane? Yep. Versus um, Undertaker? Yep. Yeah. Is that, to do a Hell in a Cell match at Mania, it needs to be a special reason as well and have a special story. And I think the, this one has the potential to shoot Edge 
off into retirement in the best way possible. He spoke about this, that when he came back at, at the Royal Rumble, that began his final run. Mm-hmm. And this can also send Finn Balor to the moon when it comes to becoming an even bigger star yep. than he already is. One thing that I do hope that they do, I hope they keep the match inside the cage. Yep. We've seen so many different things happen on the outside of the, the cage, and it, every time they do it, it always feels like someone's trying to one-up uh, Mick Foley and Undertaker from the second one. And, uh, of course, Shane took them up off the top, and, and that was obviously way more planned. <laughs> uh, there were air cushions and all this other stuff, and I feel like the cage was much higher in that match as well. But I hope they keep everything inside of it because that's kind of the point of the cage in the first place. The man that replaced you in the faction that you created brings his demon with him to a structure that they call Hell in a Cell. That's a pretty cool story. Yep. It's a it's a battle for supremacy, but it's also a battle for, for legacy as well. What is the legacy of Edge going to look like after this match? Um, like I said, I think it could help you know, start that countdown into his retirement and do it on the biggest stage in probably the biggest match. Uh, both guys work like no one's business, mm-hmm. and I think this match has the potential to be the show stealer. Uh, of WrestleMania. I mean, of course, when you have a, a cage that big. Also, uh, uh, you know, uh, when we were talking uh, on your podcast, The Manchild Chronicles, we were uh, you meant you brought up that uh, they brought out the old school cage mm-hmm. for this match, and not the one that is blood red and hard to see through yep. and really awful on TV because red is not not that great on television. Uh, does that add a factor to you that's uh, that's a little different than some of the other Hell in a Cell matches? Absolutely. I mean, going back to the old cage, we've seen uh, with with Hell in a Cell and the Elimination Chamber. You know, we want people to be safe. We don't want people to get hurt, and so we understand these new incarnations of these products. But uh, when you have something you know, powder coated red, it takes a certain amount of, um, ominousness away from, uh, you know, what's going on. So bringing back the classic cage, um, gives you, gives you that feeling that this is a big deal and it's, it's not the new polished version. It's, it's the, it's the version that's going to punch you in the face. You know, what doesn't happen on WWE anymore at all is blood. Yep. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com. I wouldn't be surprised to see some in this match, and it would be justifiable. Yes, absolutely. 100%. All right, let's move on to Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. You want to take the lead on this one, Michael? Yeah. You know, Logan Paul's a hard guy to like <laughs> for for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yes, indeed. And so, so uh, believe me when I tell you that uh, behooves me. <laughs> To, to say that I'm actually looking forward to this match because the the thing about Logan Paul that I so greatly appreciate is that when he sets his mind to something, he does it. Now, the problem is, is that sometimes the, the things that he sets his mind to, he needed that friend to go, uh, hold on just a second. <laughs> but but specifically in the in the context of, of professional wrestling, Every time I see that guy, he wows me. He he really is a true athlete. For someone who has who has come in to the WWE fold so quickly and and in my opinion so far out of left field, the matches and the athleticism that he has put forth um, have have just been incredible. Um, you know the 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 professional and personal touch it takes to jump off the top rope onto the announce table while holding a cell phone. You know, a lot of guys didn't do that before, and uh, the guy knows how to market himself. The guy knows how to work. 
And uh, so with this match, you've got Seth Rollins, who, in my opinion, is the Shawn Michaels of the next generation. And and so you've got, you know, this high caliber guy like Seth Rollins, who, you know, is is going to be first ballot Hall of Fame someday and uh, going against uh, Logan Paul. It's going to be a great match. You can tell that there's some actual rub between these two guys, and that's been confirmed, uh, you know, at, at multiple different places. But both these guys also know how to be professional. But but the great thing about situations like this is you can take your your disdain for someone, throw it in a pot, mix in a little professionalism, and it ends up turning out to be gold. And so I think we're going to see a highly athletic match. I think we're going to see some great spots. I really think that we're going to see a story told in the middle of the ring because both these guys know how to do that. Both these guys know how to entertain. And so this is a match um, that that I'm really looking forward to because, like you said, uh, with Edge and Finn Balor, I think this has show-stealing potential um, because these guys are willing, they're able, and um, they're willing to leave it every bit all in the ring. And so uh, Seth Rollins, Logan Paul, don't sleep on it. It's going to be a banger. I'm right there with you. Now, I'm not a Logan Paul fan. I never have been. I've never watched his YouTube channel. I know that was a big deal, uh, especially a few years ago, but I know now it is. I, I do have respect for him, though, in the fact that he's done some legit training to be able to do the things that he does in a ring, and you're right. And I think probably because of his success in YouTube, he's learned how to tell a story. And now mm-hmm. he just pulled that into the ring, and he's obviously done the training and done everything he needs to to uh, be in shape uh, to do some just unbelievable moves that you would not yep. – it would be amazing for someone who is a wrestler. It is outstanding for someone who doesn't do this full-time. And uh, so I, I would agree with you. That could be a show-stealer, too, for sure. Uh, moving on to Becky Lita Trish versus Damage Control. That's Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. First off, uh, it is uh, really cool to see Lita and Trish. These are two legends that have come back that haven't been overused in other things before, I believe. Uh, They come back at special times. It's really cool to see how Lita can still go. I would like to see Trish go a little bit more. I mean, she looks amazing. She uh, is a great throwback to some of the, uh, the most memorable things that um, we watched growing up or when when WWE was super hot, you know, during the Attitude Era. Uh, to me, Becky is the biggest women's star in WWE right now. I personally think she is bigger and better than Charlotte. And that will probably yes. piss a lot of you that are watching or listening right now off because you may be huge Charlotte fans. For me... It's Becky. Becky is that person. And I love that they have this other side battle that just continues to linger there. Don't don't let that go away because that's going to come back at some point. Bailey, great singles competitor. Dakota and Io, both great themselves. Together, damage control. It just doesn't click. And I don't know why. It was really cool when we saw them all together at SummerSlam last year in Nashville when they when they walked mm-hmm. out. You know, you saw Bailey walk out, and then you saw Dakota and Io walk out with her, come in behind her, and you're like, "Oh wow, Bailey's back!" And these two that that were in NXT and were let go are now back, or at mm-hmm. least I think Dakota was let go. When they came out, it was a shock, and I hadn't seen any rumors about them coming to the show, them being a yep. new faction, them uh, you know, being involved in the main roster in any way, especially Bailey coming back from an injury. I didn't know that was when that was going to happen, but to be honest for me, that's where the intrigue ended. It was right there at SummerSlam because after that, it yep. has been nothing but downhill in my eyes, I think. And listen, I, I will I kind of pause right here to say that this podcast isn't going to be all down in the in the gutter and what bad things are happening in wrestling. We want to keep it keep it up. Just being honest about this particular pairing, I think everybody kind of sees this one. It has been a bad pairing. Unless something happens like, you know, Trish turning on Lita and Becky during the match, 
this really isn't my favorite match to see at WrestleMania this year. And uh, how does it feel to you, Michael? Uh, you know, <clears throat> you're, you're exactly right with damage control. Uh, I really think it's just a drop ball from the company because there's a lot of potential between those. Yeah. And and if you recall, the that weekend that they came together was uh, Triple H's first official run as the creative head of the company. Very and true. so I think what we saw is, is Triple H moving some pieces into place. And then what I think happened, which is, is not his fault. There's a lot of things to deal with. The attention got uh, shifted to other areas and, and this just kind of fell by the wayside. But what I will say is, I am looking forward to the match because Lita and Trish made me a man, and so uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be there for the uh, nostalgia sake of it uh, because I, I love the I love the ladies uh, grew up watching them and uh, a lot of great memories with them and so uh, it'll be a an okay match to watch for nostalgia's sake but uh, will not be my favorite storyline or wrestling wise. Well, here we are about 30 minutes, about 30 minutes uh, closer to the kickoff of WrestleMania 39 night number one. Let's move on to Brock Lesnar versus almost two big beasts. Michael, what do you think? And I don't know. <laughs> we just like, talked about how we're not going to be negative on here. And then we had the two, know, two take, stinkers. <laughs> take... You might as well rent the Goodyear blimp and fly it over the stadium with the words Vince McMahon booked this match. Okay? Yes, that's like, exactly what I have like, here too. And so here's the thing. Brock Lesnar's a brawler, okay? He he can wrestle collegiate, that's fine, but if you look at his career, he's really not a wrestler. He just beats the crap out of you. Okay? Then you have Omos uh, that is still incredibly green. I love his character. I love some of the little things that they've done with him. Him being the bouncer for Raw Underground, I thought was a really nice touch in a very weird scenario. Yes. Uh, you know, his work with AJ Styles is is phenomenal. I love it. This pairing, um, you know, you can't just say, hey, we have two big guys Let's put them together and it's going to be awesome. Two big guys does not equal awesome. And so what I think we're going to see, and and again, there's a lot of things that I love about wrestling. I don't live to trash it or just constantly look at the negatives, yeah. but but this this match is going to be a struggle. I am the, the most shocking thing for me about WrestleMania weekend is if this match goes over <laughs> in, in any way, shape, <laughs> or form well. And so uh, I... I think that both guys can do it. I think whoever's uh, producing the match is going to have to be very careful and make some smart decisions. Um, but I said to you a couple days ago, there's been a few times in history where we've seen Brock in full shoot mode get royally pissed at somebody in the middle of the ring. Um, I'm thinking back to who it was. He was either John Cena or Randy Orton that took uh, Brock's elbows uh, in the middle of the ring and just busted them wide open because of uh, uh, Brock taking uh, too uh, stiff of a, of a shot. And uh, I, f I feel like we're going to see that here. I think uh, I think almost is uh, going to have some receipts that he's going to get uh, from this match. And um, I want it to go well. I really do. But I, I think it's going to be a rough watch. Um, and uh, but in terms of a prediction, I I can't see Brock uh, letting almost go over in this go around, which is confusing because he needs he needs the momentum. So I'm going to pick Brock Lesnar uh, to win this one, even though I, I admit that that doesn't make much sense. Is there a chance for this thing to end in a no contest? I mean, it's not going to be a count out, I wouldn't think, or maybe a disqualification just to uh, let them do whatever they're going to do. And then it just kind of end with nothing. So neither one of them elevates. Neither one of them looks worse. It's it's possible, but then you know, in pure logic form, why do it in the first place? And yeah. and you're in the worst possible booking scenario because how are you going to have, you know, a a uh, no contest situation with two of the the biggest competitors in the WWE? For me, it feels like so. they're looking for a moment. Uh, 
rather than just letting a moment happen. They're trying to set something up, whether it's almost on the uh, on the shoulders of Brock to go in an F5, whether he does one or not, or it's the first time you really see Brock Lesnar run from a fight or, uh, you know, yeah. be... Uh, be in peril, which he never really has. Even when he's lost, mm-hmm. he's never. It's just been that somebody caught him. He wasn't running from anything. Yeah. Uh, we have yeah. three more matches in this breakdown today on the very first episode of the Wrestle Chat Podcast. Don't forget, follow us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you're not watching, we're on YouTube. It's Wrestle Chat Podcast. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley is up next for the SmackDown Women's Title. Boy, this was a match that happened in 2020. That. That WrestleMania that we don't talk about, right? No crowd <laughs> in attendance, nothing. Not and this was even before the uh, what was it? The Thunderdome, even before that, right? Yep. And uh, yep. they got to wrestle. Rhea came out on the losing end of that match. I'm wondering if this isn't her time in front of a massive, massive crowd. She is on a run like no other her in a judgment day has been the perfect pairing and it's funny because it feels like that her being added to judgment day was dictated by the audience everybody Mm -hmm. was pushing for her to be a part of that because it looked like it just fit and boy did it ever they have done some really good stuff uh it's led to a couple of of really great storylines Finn versus Edge you've got Dominic versus his father and now you've got Rhea versus Charlotte the rematch uh when it comes to championships no one is better than Charlotte I mentioned Becky is my favorite uh female wrestler in WWE right now but Charlotte has 16 world titles under her belt. Personally, I like Becky all around more than Charlotte, but I get it. If Rhea wins this one, though, this is a massive, massive rub for Rhea. This could be a giant launching pad for her. I mean, she's... Uh, I th- I think it's going to be hard for her to beat Charlotte. However, I think it's inevitable for her to beat Charlotte. She is on a trajectory right now that we haven't seen and it's also not rushed i don't feel like it's been oh she's a a bigger than average woman who's muscular and strong let's just have her destroy everybody and it be over with she's worked her way she's had challenges she's overcome those she's uh had success and then she's had challenges again just like anybody else would and you've seen her overcome those i think charlotte may be the one that she overcomes and ends up getting her hand raised plus it could give Charlotte the opportunity to break her father's record of 16 titles. Right now, they are tied. So if Charlotte loses this one, she has a chance to win a title again and break her father's record. What do you think, man? Do you think this is something that could happen? Uh, I think this match, yeah, this match is on night one. Been a lot of controversy whether it's going to be the main event or if it's going to be the Usos and versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, but... How do you think this one ends when it's all said and done? Cram a lot of response into a short time period. I'm not a Charlotte <laughs> Flair fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, she's one of the only people in the WWE who has had the success she has had because of her name. If yeah. you look at The Rock, if you look at Randy Orton, if you look at quite a few people who are multi-generation superstars, um, all of them tried to stay away from the family name to, to prove themselves to move on. Charlotte Flair has not done that. The fact that she's been around for just the handful of years that she is, and she's a, she's at 16 world championship reigns. That was pre-planned premeditated for all of that to happen. Rhea Ripley is a star. She is an organic star. The people love her. Charlotte Flair has been gone more often than not the last couple of years put the title on Rhea, let her run with it. People love her. She's a fantastic worker. She's a star. She's different. She deserves the title for the way that she's uh, kept the grind. Charlotte can, can go do movies for all I care. For this podcast, we are on our semi main event for WrestleMania 39, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. This is an open discussion. Let's just talk about this one. Um, man, this is, uh, this, this has to be the best storyline. This whole bloodline storyline has to be the best thing in wrestling going right now. Do you agree? 
Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, this this takes me back. The, the last incarnation of something this beautiful that I remember uh, was the Evolution Faction mm. uh, with Triple yeah. H, Batista, Randy Orton, Ric Flair. Now, while the, the premises are, are, are not the same, um, you got to, you know... Uh, a faction, a, a faction existing does not automatically mean it's good. And so to me, I go all the way back to evolution before you've got something with this caliber and this amount of buy-in. Uh, it's just, it, it's just been incredible to see this unfold, uh, the way that it has over the last uh, year or two. And so, uh, super, super excited about this. There's so much on the line, uh, going into this, even with, um, Sammy and uh, Kevin's history mm-hmm. uh, going all the way back like it does. And, and we've seen their hot, cold relationship over the years, you know, starting all the way back to uh, to NXT when uh, Kevin Owens came in and uh, did the powerbomb on the uh, ring apron to Sammy oh, Zayn the night he brutal. debuted. And yeah. and so, you know, this is this there is probably more story in this match than than the majority of wrestling in general <laughs> put together. You're and so, so right. um, I, I'm super excited about this. This is a real stakes match. You're trying to defend a bloodline, a brotherhood, a family. On the other side, you you have be, uh, betrayal in the form of, of Sami Zayn. You have tentative and rocky friendships that are rekindling and rebuilding. This is is wrestling this is wrestling storytelling and i could not be more excited uh for this match even though you know it's great to have uh you know world titles in the main event uh my hope is that this is the main event for night one because these guys deserve it yeah i agree is it going to be the main event of night one should it be yes absolutely it should be this thing is massive. Best story going in WWE, and like you mentioned, it's probably the best story going on in wrestling, period. It should cap off night one. And if it is, it is the first time ever that a tag team titles have been decided at WrestleMania in a main event. The only other time there was a main event with a tag match was the very first WrestleMania, 38 WrestleManias ago, with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T., taking on uh, uh, Roddy Piper, um, Mr. Wonderful, I don't, who else? All I remember is Mr. T and and uh, and um, and Hulk Hogan. But man, that was the last time that a tag match was in a main event. Whether it does or doesn't, it really doesn't matter. This is where everyone's emotions are. They are in this match. And you mentioned the history between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They're even, I mean... I love that when they got back together, it was good, but it wasn't like it was just like everything was swept under the rug because even Kevin, after that next time they came out, Kevin came out by himself, then Sammy came out by himself, and he talks about, hey, you got to have, I know why you wanted to come out by yourself because you got to hear your music and hear the crowd. So you already sense that there is still animosity in this relationship they are friends. They do argue. They do fight, but they're going to fight together in this match to take on the Usos and bring home those titles and hopefully end the bloodline. That's their goal. But you can still tell that there's still something between them that hasn't been said. Hasn't. Been, maybe they need to fight each other at some point to then squash some of that. Who knows? Um, and where they'll take all this, man, it could, it could go anywhere. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. This is the one that that I'm I hope closes it out for my sake of 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 being rested throughout this day I'm fine if it goes on anywhere before then because (laughs) then I don't have to like you know prop my eyes open or anything like that I'm still excited about it but often when I get to the main event I'm Oh, yawning and going, all right, I'll be to bed. It's just about over, babe. I'll be in there just a minute, yep. you know. <laughs> yep. That's kind of where most WrestleManias end up in our household. And I think uh, just like during the Super Bowl, that Monday should be a holiday. I think the Monday after WrestleMania should be a holiday as well. We've got one more match. And, man, I'll say before we get to that one, this has been a really fun very first episode of the Wrestle Chat Podcast. You ready to jump into this? Let's do it. This is a big one. Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. 
the undisputed universal title. If you had a chance to listen to the preview of this podcast, I uh, gave some thoughts on this match that, you know, back in 1977 when Cody's father, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, got to wrestle for the title in Madison Square Garden. He took on um, superstar Billy Graham, and he ended up getting his hand raised, the Dream did, because uh, Superstar was counted out. But you can't lose the title that way. So it slipped through his fingers on a technicality. What if, at the end of this match, Cody gets the title, but something happens? and he gets screwed over just like his dad did. What is that? I don't know. That would give them some opportunity to take this match to SummerSlam. It would allow uh, Roman Reigns to be able to have over a 1,000 days with the title, which doesn't set a record, but it gives a nice round number. He's not to 1,000 yet. And it allows this storyline to go on. But there's, there's another avenue that I want to touch on here in just a minute as well that I think... Um, a direction that this could go as well. I mean, the history of Cody after Stardust, him being the trailblazer, uh, the uh, that attitude, uh, his determination, man, it is just, it's he's undeniable. It's He is going to be the champion at some point. Is it on night two of WrestleMania? I don't know. Michael, what do you think? There is so much baked into the background of this um you know it, it is no secret that wwe is about homegrown stars mm-hmm. and you're usually picked from from an early time uh you know to to succeed and you know the closest example that i i can think to this cody situation was actually drew mcintyre mm. you know at a young yeah. age Drew McIntyre, he was the chosen one, not the self-proclaimed chosen one, the chosen one. Vince McMahon chose him. And Vince McMahon chose him. Yeah. And and it never hit. And so then he leaves and he comes back. And don't get me wrong, since he's been back, he's he's won some titles and, and different things like that. But it's never he's never had that that champion feel about him even when he was the champion and 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 people may disagree that's fine but to me he never looked acted or anything like a champion and so you take that same situation you come over here to Cody Rhodes and you know he did some great stuff in his first run um you know I understand as from from the family that he comes from and from his his outlook on wrestling, why why Stardust was frustrating for him. Um, I was a big Stardust supporter. I did like it. wasn't my favorite, but um, you know the stuff that he did with the Legacy, uh, with uh, Ted DiBiase and uh, and uh, Randy Orton and stuff like that, uh, all great stuff. But the part that worries me, based on on your opening to this, is could we potentially for the first time ever? see someone leave the WWE and come back and actually be a, a champion's champion. And, and, you know, here, here's the thing. Uh, I, one of, uh, a couple years ago when he left and he started his, his run to come back on the Indies and he released that first American nightmare promo. Um, it, it floored me from the first time I saw it because it was such a stark contrast to the last time we had seen him. I, I attribute uh, Cody Rhodes to a Ric Flair-esque champion. He looks the part. Yep. He dresses the part. Yep. He, um, he has the attitude and the charisma and the musk of a champion. And, uh, and when he comes out and he's wearing that suit, and and it's and it fits well and it looks great and I'm sure it's expensive. You look at that guy and you go, "That's the guy that I want to be." And so all of that to say, it's just it's hard for me in this situation because I want him to be that champion. I want him to um, to come out on top. But just as you pointed out, is this the right time? 
because as much as I want it to happen on the biggest stage of them all, I can't deny that things feel better when there's a little bit of adversity. And while he did get injured and he worked super hard to come back, um, that's not the kind of adversity that's the struggle when you're trying to become champion. The, the, the struggle to become a champion is to beat the current champion. And so um, Reigns has done a fantastic job um, for, for a guy who was crapped on for so many years uh, when he was up and coming, rightfully so by me too. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, that I saw it way back then. But um, he has uh, producing them, uh, uh, just producing perfected them. his current role in WWE. He is a superstar. And um, uh, as, as I said to you a couple days ago, this match doesn't just have a big fight feel. It has the, the X factor to it where, yeah, there's a title on the line, but, but bigger than that, there's something else on the line too. And, and this match just feels so huge that no matter what happens, no matter who walks away with the title, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be happy with it <laughs> because it is a story that is being told. And regardless of what happens, some stories end great and some stories don't. But this is not a, a match that we are going to be disappointed with in any way, shape or form. Couldn't agree more. You know, I think the talk has been, though, is if Cody wins, then what? What's next? My thought is, what if what if we let Cody have his moment, you know, swimming in the confetti on Sunday, but during either his celebration there that night or on the Raw after Mania, we see the return of the Viper. I haven't heard, and I have purposely stayed away from the rumor mill when it comes to uh, about two weeks out. I try to stay away from all the rumors of WrestleMania. So this is this is genuine. Like, what if this is what's next? Mm -hmm. That is a story that has already been written, just hasn't been told yet. It's just waiting for the right time. What if Randy comes back after them? We're just a few hours away from the vi- the big event, WrestleMania 39, live from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And man, what a beautiful stadium! I, I saw the reveal of the set uh, yesterday, the the official reveal from from WWE, and the place looks amazing. I mean, uh, you and I geek out on on the technical stuff. Uh, I'm, yep. I need to watch WrestleMania twice. One just to, and this is what I did live as well uh, last year, was I just looked at all the technical things that were going on and how much goes into that. That's going to be fun to watch as well as all the matches as well. Uh, man, I can't, I can't thank you enough for for kicking off the very first Wrestle Chat podcast here with me, Michael. Appreciate you being on today. It was an absolute honor. Um, would love to be back anytime. Appreciate you so much. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, I really think the the professional wrestling community needs this. They need you, and so it was such an honor uh, today to be here with you. Um, had a great time. Thank you so much. Next Saturday, it'll be all about the fallout from, of course, WrestleMania, from the Raw after WrestleMania, from SmackDown next week. But we're also going to dive in to the latest from AEW. Ring of Honor had a big, big event uh, the same night as SmackDown. So just last night as we're recording this, uh, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. It's called Wrestle Chat for a reason. We want you to get involved. So follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all of them. We're all there on all of those. Uh, just follow us at Wrestle Chat Podcast. I hope you enjoy WrestleMania 39, and I'll see you next week.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 